Hello, and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin. Before we get rolling on today's episode, I am so proud and honored to tell you that this episode is kindly sponsored by Root to Sky Kitchen, a home where you'll find cooking and baking inspiration with delicious whole food recipes using simple, honest ingredients to eat well and thrive through the seasons. Not only do I love the recipes on this site, but the journal section has articles that are absolutely enthralling and written with love and thought. See for yourself by checking out the site at www.root2skykitchen.com. I know you're gonna love it as much as I do. And that, my friends, brings us to today's episode entitled Purpose and subtitled The Letter. I received the most amazing email the other day from a longtime client. We hadn't spoken to one another in possibly over a year, but everyone has these types of friends or customers. The ones that pop in and out of your life, sometimes disappearing for years at a time, only to reemerge suddenly one day. When you see them again, you're genuinely happy. And this is how it felt to receive her email. It made me genuinely happy. Now, in order for you to really understand what I'm about to tell you, I'm going to rewind two days prior to receiving that email. At that time, I received a LinkedIn friend request from the same person that sent me the email. I accepted that friend request, and like I always do, I made some kind of comment rather than simply hitting the accept button. My comments are always quite general and might say something like, hey, it's great to connect on LinkedIn. Thanks for taking the time to connect. I hope that you're happy and healthy and that your family's doing well. Now, the reason I do this is twofold. A, I actually find social media very cold, even though it's supposed to connect us. So if the connection is going to be meaningful, I want to attach some of my energy to that connection, which is why I always send a brief note to the person that invited me to connect. B, it serves as a starting point for a meaningful discussion. And what invariably happens when I do this is one of three things. One, I'll get no response, which is totally okay. Two, I get a brief response that doesn't have much energy, and that's totally okay as well. Or three, I get a response that elicits further conversation and meaningful interaction. Now at this point, I'm going to read to you word for word the first two interactions that occurred when this person reached out to me on LinkedIn. Upon receiving the friend request, this is what I wrote. Hi, X. It's awesome to reconnect on LinkedIn. I hope you're happy and healthy and enjoying the beautiful season. It's great to hear from you again. Her response was, yes, with an exclamation point. I tried to reach you at X. I'm intentionally omitting the name of the company where I used to work. I tried to reach you at X this year, and when they said you had left, I nearly cried. I hope that you are doing something that makes your heart sing. The word sing was all capitalized. You deserve it. Stay in touch. Happy face. Now, isn't that a sweet message? I certainly think so. Because in a world that's often void of deliberate interaction, I found this one to be so humanistic. Now, we're going to come back to this exact moment later in the episode. So moving on, the response elicited two more quick messages that summarized what I'm now doing with my professional life, which is podcasting at which point I asked her for her personal email address so that I could send two pilot episodes her way. 
Now, I've been doing this with a few contacts because it's a safe and terrific way to test out new episodes. As a result, I've been sharing two pilot episodes amongst a smallish group of contacts. Oftentimes, I get really good responses that help me continue to build this show. And sometimes I get zero response, which is totally cool. There's also another reason I send these pilot episodes to people. And without going into great detail, I've been developing more than a show here from my home office. You see, I've been developing a purpose. That purpose is to help people think, not only with their brains, but with their hearts as well. So when I send my pilot episodes to people, I'm sending my intention as well, which is in the form of thought energy that gets transmitted through whatever you're using to listen to my show. And my hope is that it touches you in a way that inspires you to think. It's really quite simple, isn't it? That is it. That is the primary purpose of what I now do with this part of my professional life. So, I sent the intro episode and two pilots. And the email response I received back was so profound that when I woke up the morning after having received it, I knew that I had to create an episode about what I had learned overnight. And here is what I learned. Everyone suffers and everyone shines. You see, I didn't expect the response I was going to receive a mere six hours after I sent the pilots. A response that touched my heart and inspired me to want to give more of myself. And I'm going to tell you why. When someone tells you that you don't realize how much they needed to hear your podcast, it's a surreal thing, especially for a guy like me who's only recently launched his show. Every day is a roller coaster of belief and doubt. And I think that we all experience this roller coaster, especially if we're doing something worthwhile, like raising children, working for purpose, or working at any other endeavor that's important to you. That simple assertion of needing to hear my podcast was a jolt that hit me right in the heart because I realized the moment I read it that what I had received was in direct proportion to what I had given. At the same time that my purpose was being confirmed to me through that sentence, I felt the power of inspiration that was inherent in the energy of that writing. Without reading any further, I knew that the person who wrote that email to me had made an intellectual and an emotional discovery. That belief is so strong that I know it to be true, and it is beyond exhilarating. The email continued and served to highlight what's entirely wrong and entirely backwards in our society. Let me read to you the next three sentences from that email. I am currently in a situation where I am sick, and I mean becoming physically sick, of working for the man and the daily grind and the sales quotas and the stress. I'm at a stage where I'm ready to quit my job and told my boss that today. I am ready to uncover my passion and do that for the rest of my years instead of sweating targets and quotas. Wow. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Because I'll tell you that it's a variant of so many people's stories. The more people I speak with, 
the more I hear the same thing. They're tired. They're stressed. They're at their wit's end. And they're becoming ill. So this is it, friends. This is the moment. This is when it's time to wake up and realize that life doesn't have to be like that. The first step is realization. And when I read those sentences that I just read to you, I knew that this person had made a profound realization. When we make such profound realizations, a world of opportunity opens up for us. In this case, having an honest conversation with your boss is a wonderful way to partner on exploring where you're at and what the future could entail. If your boss is humanistic, and there are so many of them that are, this might elicit a meaningful conversation about your fit within the organization and how you might further contribute in ways that best serve you and the organization. Conversely, it may very well be the departure point for a future that's more aligned with your true purpose. I came to a similar realization over six months ago and discovered what I needed to do. I have an English Lit degree. Wait, what? Where does that come from, Alex? I'm about to tell you. The next sentence in the email I received is a paragraph unto itself. I can see that it was deliberately written that way because it's its own thought that deserves its own space. And examining that sentence from a logic-building perspective, the sentence is a pillar in the argument that takes realization and begins to move that realization into action. Here's what that sentence slash paragraph says. Life is too short to have anxiety because of your job, and I've gotten to a point where I just can't do it anymore. As you can see, or or here I suppose, we've gone from a realization that working, stressing, quotas, and targets are making my friend sick to a statement that I just can't do it anymore. Now it's important to note that those are not the words of defeat. Those are the words of awareness and change. Too often, we just don't listen to ourselves. We've been conditioned to believe that saying something like, I just can't do it anymore, is self-defeating. And I say, no way. Admitting a difficult truth is not the end of the road. It's the beginning of a new one. The old road got you exactly where you were supposed to be in order to see the new road. We really need to start listening to ourselves if we're going to begin curing our ailments, our boredom, our dissatisfaction, and our lack of purpose. Because when we listen to ourselves, the truth is always revealed. Ask yourself why you can't do it anymore. Ask yourself why you're so tired. Ask yourself why you're depressed. These are not weaknesses. These questions themselves are awareness. Those questions are indeed awareness. And I know that sounds extremely pedantic of me, but it's so important that I'm not going to let it go. Why am I sick is awareness. I am sick is truth, as is I am healthy. Awareness always precedes action, even if that awareness occurs in the subconscious. So when you ask yourself these questions, you are creating awareness, which is the first step in creating your new reality. What you do after that is actually limitless. 
At this point, we tend to talk ourselves out of the truth that we've just discovered. Here's an example. Five more years, and I'll get a full pension. Oh, I know I can push through the pain and do it. Or, I've been doing the same thing for way too long to do anything else. My bosses are going to laugh at me when I tell them that I want new and exciting responsibilities. Or, I don't know anything about business. How could I possibly start my own business? So do you see what's happening here? This is your past arguing with the present. And because you only know the past, it's less likely that you're going to listen to your present, who incidentally is just as real as the past. You simply haven't learned how to trust your present. So the key here is to balance the present and the past and make a decision from your heart that will fulfill your purpose. Because when you do that, everything begins to align. Health, wealth, fulfillment, purpose. They all show up to the party. Here's the next part of the email. It is super scary because I'm a single mom with a mortgage and bills, but there has to be a time when you hit a jump off spot and you say enough is enough. Friends. Where is that jump-off spot for you? I remember mine. Everyone has one. I'll ask you again. Where is that jump-off spot for you? It certainly doesn't have to be as dramatic as mine, but it may stem from an ailment. It may stem from a disaster or a death. It may come at you from the other end of the spectrum, spontaneously. Or it might just be in a moment of pure inspiration. But make no mistake, you have a jump-off spot. As sure as you're breathing, you have a jump-off spot. On July 24th of 2020, I jumped. I still don't know where I'll land, but I love the ride. I have faith. I have belief. And I have a wife and children and friends, too, that believe in me. I may never land, or I may jump again and again and again. But my unfolding story is authored by me, not somebody else. And that is living. Everyone has a right, and everyone has the ability to do what you love and what you're passionate about. One of the last sentences in the email I received said that exact same thing. And I'll read you part of it. You are doing what you love and what you're passionate about, and everybody should be so lucky. Actually, it's the only part of the entire email that I disagree with. I'm not lucky. There's no such thing as luck. I'm doing what I love because I choose to do so. Now, I know for sure that that wasn't the intent of that sentence to pin my path to luck, but I do want to make the point that you create your opportunities and your circumstances. Nobody else does. While it may seem at times that your current situation is driven by the decisions of others, like a boss or a partner, that really is simply not the case. You are where you are because you choose to be. Earlier in this episode, I told you that we'd circle back to the concept of deliberate interaction. So let's do that before we wrap up the episode. 
When I answer someone's LinkedIn friend request, I told you that I almost always do so with a meaningful comment of some sort. And that is deliberate. And anything that's done deliberately has a ripple effect. We may never see the result of that ripple, but boy oh boy does it exist. Deliberateness of purpose is the fastest way, at least that I've discovered, to achieve alignment. When we live our purpose, we are fulfilled. If you have an end goal, it's just a moment in time in the entire journey that is your purpose. The entire arc of your purpose, the beginning, the middle, and the end is everything you'll ever want or need. And I mean everything. For within that purpose are the people you share it with, the support that you give and that you get, the love that you feel, and the realization that every day you are interacting with your own and other people's purposes. You will be drawn to and you will draw complementary arcs of purpose. This is the network. This is how you will grow and this is how you will evolve. It's my belief that the email I received the other day was an alignment of purpose. What I gave in my podcast pilot episodes that I shared was equally as compelling as the energy I received from that email. Our purposes were aligned. And for that reason, there will be synergies as we both follow our purpose. What those synergies will be, who knows? But it'll be super exciting to find out. And as I've been doing lately, and often subconsciously, I want to leave you with something that's just entered my mind. But I'll give you a warning, it is an unfinished thought. Noah, from the Bible and his famous ark, in my mind, isn't a story about a boat. And it's not about animals either. I believe that the story is about purpose. Taken literally, Noah was entrusted with a purpose. To bring two of every species into his ark for the survival of humanity and for the survival of life. If you subscribe to what's written in the Bible, he did that faithfully. And my contention is that the story is a metaphor for the arc of purpose that we have just been talking about. No matter your mission, if you act deliberately and with purpose, you will survive any tempest. You will survive anything. This is what I meant when I said that the entire arc of your purpose, the beginning, the middle, and the end, is everything you'll ever want or need. Your purpose ensures your survival. And this is why we're sick as a society, riddled with anxieties and depression, because we lack purpose. And when we deliberately seek it, when we deliberately find it, and we deliberately live it, we are everything. Hey, thanks for listening today. I appreciate you.